politics, some culture and craft beer, politics, and that is why you're here, politics, Adam's up. Bottoms up, and welcome back. Lotto here. It's been about a about a month since the last episode uh, we did, and that's when I had invited uh, Fred and Nobs to join me, sort of in acknowledgement of the anniversary of January 6th for that episode. Uh, for this one, um, I've also invited back a, a frequent guest. Uh, of Bottoms Up. Uh, Lefty has joined me uh, to talk about podcasts, really. So uh, thanks, Lefty. Hey. How you doing? All right. All right. Um, but, uh, you know, we're still keeping with tradition. So even though he's already had a beer, <laughs> the, the same beer. Couldn't resist. So I show a little bit more restraint. So I, the beer we're going to have is at least one that I have not tasted yet. <laughs> this will be this will be Lefty's second. But Mom's the worst. Uh, yeah, nobody knows now. Uh, it's called uh, Soupy C. Why don't you take it uh, from from here, Lefty? You brought it. Well, yeah, yeah. The the story is I went to get a punch key stout at Griffin Claw because they were advertising it, and lo and behold, it doesn't come out until next week. So we end up with Soupy C Milk Stout. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll reserve my comments because I have already tasted it. So I'll let uh, uh, Blotto give you the the lowdown on. All the notes and particular peculiarities of it. Um, well, you know, right on the can, they 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 call out milk stout, cinnamon, caramel, and Italian espresso. I, I get more of a Spanish espresso myself. Uh, <laughs> I was I, I was leaning Portuguese, but you know. But I, I I do pick up on the cinnamon a, a, as well. It's a nice flavor. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it it seems maybe a tad thin for uh, a, a milkshake stout, stout yeah, 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 to me. And I barely got any head on it. I didn't really pour for it, but um, it, it, it's certainly not an overcarbonated beer. If anything, I would, I don't mind stouts being slightly undercarbonated. So I kind of, I think it falls into that. It's basically coffee with beer. Yeah, it, it almost, I, I see that. Yeah, agree. But yeah, it seems, seems pretty good. And it's uh, 8.0. So it's, it's nice that uh, Lefty is a uh, spaced out. <laughs> <laughs> a considerable amount of time between the two beers. Yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and driving. He started when he when when he first got to the studio, and then we ended up watching the golf until we decided to to start recording. And it's a 15 IBU is what it is on the can. And uh, Griffin Claw they make terrific beers. Uh, their their tasting room and restaurant is also really quite nice. Oh yeah, the vibe is cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a nice place. When you went in, you said you went in through the front door and you go through their merchandise room. I don't know if it's a front door. It 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 was in the back, but it did definitely felt like the front door. So the last time I went to pick up beer there on a special release, they had me kind of go around to like the dock area to the to the. I parked next to the dock, but I to the garage doors in. And to the restaurant. Yeah, right? when they released the Flying Buffalo series, I mean, it was it was a big release, but you know, people were lined up. Oh, but yeah. they didn't have you going into the restaurant, so yeah. I didn't know if that that was their. Well, their... nobody was in line for the Punchkey Stout because that's <laughs> next week. Um, um, two was it two eleven? Did we say Punchkey Stout and Punchkey Vodka? By the way, Punchkey Vodka I'm just is it made with potatoes. I mean, I got. Like, I don't know what I'm makes think, it. Thinking that they're probably flavoring it with the fruit jam. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not thinking they're making punchkeys out of potatoes. But 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 um, 
like this, I don't know, what, potatoes, Poland. Vodka and potatoes. Right. Um, but punchkins can, can have different flavors, or, or is it always the same flavor? I think it's been Americanized for sure, and there's probably a listener or two that can probably give you a better hint on that. But. Well, there's probably a listener or two that have no idea what a punchkey is. Oh, that's true. Right, we're oh, saying punch key, like like we know what they are, but you know they're, they're basically powder jelly filled donuts. Yeah, with a special like dough. Okay, I think it's the yeah. dough that makes Make, it special. Um, and then they they I think the traditional filling. I'm probably going to get roasted when somebody hears this, but I think the tra- traditional filling is like date or or fig or something. You know, very Eastern European. Yeah. You know, and now you find. Lemon and raspberry and right. blueberry. That's what I, I, I custard and yeah, yeah. Um, so this is definitely not. Uh, that was definitely not what I was headed for in a beer we're not reviewing. <laughs> I'll uh, stick with this soupy C here. It's kind of a weird name, isn't it? I, I I haven't been able to put the name together. Yeah, with the beer. yeah. The C. can the, the can is really like minimal. Oh, for sure. For for Griffin Claw, they usually have a lot of artwork. And this one is very limited edition looking. Like they just slapped a label on it. <laughs> but what is the what does the C stand for? Yeah. I mean, the cinnamon, the caramel, the I don't you know, like I, I I'm not sure I quite get it, but Yeah, yeah, cinnamon yeah. caramel, I guess. But back to but... to Punchkis. Uh so they're a Polish treat and in the Detroit area we've got a huge Polish culture population, whatever, particularly in the Detroit area. And I and it, and the Punchki Day thing is really it it's corresponds kinda, with Fat Tuesday. Yeah, kind of like a Mardi Gras thing. Right, probably. right. You're 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 gonna do something decadent before you go into Lent. Right. That's kind of what the, right. the whole right, point right. before is. you fast. Right. Yeah. 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 Um but it's it's really just more of a fun thing now. Yeah, yeah. I mean but, but like maybe we should do a Punchki or a Fat Tuesday podcast. Yeah. You know? Like for sure offices all over Michigan and maybe maybe a little bit outside will be loading up on punchkeys to bring into their office on Fat Tuesday. Taking orders now. You know, exactly. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I think it's probably more of a business thing to do than just individuals. Like, you know what I mean? You, you bring your punchkeys into the office now. Yeah, you know, yeah. those that have offices. Those that have offices, right. <laughs> I I probably haven't had a punchkey since I worked in an office in Michigan. So, oh, wow. so probably when I was... Um, working for the cell phone company, uh, you know that so, someone probably brought in punch keys. Then some of yeah. some of some of the listeners won't be surprised to hear that I've had a punch key every year. I've known about them. <laughs> um, if you're wondering what we're saying, the spelling isn't going to help you. <laughs> P A. No, try again. It. I think it is. No, it begins with a P. <laughs> it begins with a P. It's Next P- letter is Z. P Z A Z A C K I C K I. I thought maybe I, I, I saw one word C H I too. But, well, you know, but that's probably the Ukrainian version. Yeah, <laughs> Ukraine. We going there today? Uh, are we? No, I, I don't think so. Um, uh, you know, politically, I, I I kind of been feeling like since the last episode, not not a whole lot has really been uh, moving me to do a podcast just based on. The Washington politics. You know, there's always things happening, but there's also just a lot of things not happening, right? There's a lot of things that we want to happen that haven't happened. And mm, bigger story, yeah, yeah. You know, what's not happening? What's not happening, right? Yeah. I know that I have episode 100 coming up here pretty soon, and 
boy, it would be really nice if there were some juicy indictments coming down. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're going to see them. In, in the next couple of weeks, but I agree with you. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, everything is political nowadays. So I, I think it, it does tie into politics of a sort, but it's also kind of a cultural phenomenon as well, politicized because of how polar that, you know, we all are, you know, that the, that society has become. Or, and I also thought it was pertinent because this is a podcast and uh, it would be probably sort of remiss or it would almost be like avoidance by omission or whatever to not talk about the Joe Rogan situation and his podcast. How does it affect the rest of the podcast world and, you know, kind of what that all means. And that's kind of why I invited Lefty, because, you know, I, I think when it comes to certainly like the, the impact that social media has on our lives, I think you have put a fair amount of time into that. Like there, you know, I mean, there's, there's people that I, w- that don't participate in social media. So then they wouldn't really quite get it. Um, uh, true. True. And, and uh, so I, I, I think it's just sort of really fascinating um, now, one of the things that I've been doing lately is I've been listening to old podcasts. I think you're crazy. And um, I, I find them entertaining. Uh, they go back to 2019. I was listening to one today where we discussed whether or not Joe Biden should get in the race. <laughs> he, he had not officially announced at, at, at that is point it, in time. Is, is he officially in the race? <laughs> But one of the things I have noticed about listening to old podcasts is sometimes we get into those current event topics and we just assume that people know what we're talking about. And, you know, and I, I want I didn't I wanted to make sure I didn't do that today. Right. So we could talk, talk about Joe Rogan, but I, I've kind of learned by going back and listening to these these older episodes probably does help to frame them, frame the situation. Right? Okay. And so put it in the full context. So, well, I don't know about the full, right? But uh, the Joe Rogan Experience is a wildly popular podcast. And I remember hearing about it in, I think it was 2018, maybe. Um, now, he's been podcasting for 12 years. But it was around that time, 17 or 18, that he really started to take off. And I remember reading articles about his about his podcast and how it was sort of tapping into something that wasn't in the marketplace yet. And, you know, bo- both with his audience and kind of his approach. And in, most of those articles were fairly flattering in terms of what he was doing and and what he was bringing to the to the media world. What was he doing different? Uh, it, it was it was his relatability to a certain segment demographic that really didn't believe that they were being spoken for. That, the that's, forty to sixty year old angry white guy. Actually, younger than that. Younger. Yeah, yeah, younger than that. Probably, probably the thirty to fifty. Oh, all right. Um, but not necessarily that. You know, it's interesting that some of the the right, okay is trying to sort of co-op Joe Rogan into their own because because of the of the recent fight, right? So, right. But right. but he's really not. Well, I mean, Bernie claims. Um how, he, he, he's a Bernie Sanders guy. Oh, right. No, no, exactly. Exactly. I said the right is trying to co-op right, him right. because of this particular yeah. incident, but he, you know, he considers himself pretty far left on on most views. And you know, during the Trump era, you know, I think he would loudly, you know, point out that Trump was an idiot, but he also kind of, I think, got behind some of the things that that Trump was trying to do as well from a policy standpoint. But I don't think he's anti-immigration or anything like that. You know, is he the Ron Paul of podcasters? Uh, you know, I, I I would say you know he is a libertarian, or he would call Not himself Rand. Libertarian. So. <laughs> Ron. <laughs> um, 
I think he probably does consider himself to be kind of a libertarian as well. I mean, when I started reading about him, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was really fascinating reading. I was like, oh, you know, this is pretty interesting. And I was another podcast I, of ours I recently listened to was recorded back in, I think it was March of 2019. And it was when I was with Spike out in Las Vegas. And Spike makes a Joe Rogan uh, reference in that podcast about, and it was very flattering. And I remember having conversations with Spike about how he really liked the Joe Rogan Experience mm. podcast as well. Uh, I've, I've probably only seen, or actually I've seen one podcast of his because I watched the video of that corresponded with because he does them on video yeah and that was the um dan Aykroyd interview and they're they're sharing a bottle of crystal vodka dan Aykroyd's vodka and they're talking about aliens and i mean it, it was an interesting conversation and dan Aykroyd's I mean, a cool guy and that's that that's he one has of that the tap into the celebrities right oh for sure do you call him a celebrity? Yeah. Is Joe Rogan a celebrity? What made him a celebrity? News radio? You you mean not what he did to make himself celebrity, but what Yeah, what has he done that you'd call him a celebrity? I, I think I mean, it's the podcast. I mean Is he a celebrity like Ashley Simpson is a singer? Um <laughs> Is he celebrity because he's a celebrity, right? I think he's got more talent than that. I mean, is yeah, you know, I mean, it started with Fear Factor. Fear Factor, right? So Fear Factor launched him. Fear Factor kind of launched him, and then he started after Fear Factor. Then he started doing UFC fights, uh, announcing. Ah, uh, uh, um, okay. You know, I mean, he was pretty good at all of that stuff. Right? Well, he did. You know? He did do. Two two network. I can't remember the second. He did news radio and he did one other one. No, oh, okay, all right. He did. I mean, he yeah. was he was actually pretty good on news radio. No, no, he was he was a good UFC announcer and he was good on Fear Factor. I mean, the, the, not my thing, but yeah. Anyway, so let's fast forward. So, just recently, again, just to frame the the, the situation, and I don't know what really what really triggered. Neil Young, but Neil Young comes out about, I don't know, was it two weeks ago now, saying to Spotify... You don't know what triggered him? Not like like what triggered him that particular moment in time. You know what I mean? Like like he, he was upset that Spotify was allowing people to put on their platform this information about COVID. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so then he says... If you're not going to clean up your act, I don't want my stuff on your platform. So take me down. You know, he 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 didn't. So he had a straw. There's a straw. What was that straw? That's what I'm saying. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what exactly. That's like that's what you say. you know what it's about, but you don't know what triggered it. Yeah, did someone, you know, someone, hey, someone walk up to Neil Young and say, "Well, why are you on Spotify when they got that asshole Joe Rogan talking about how people shouldn't get vaccinated?" Right. And then he'd right. be like, "What?" And then, you know, I mean, I don't even know if Neil Young ever listened. You think, to, you, think to Joe Aaron, you think it had something to do with Aaron Rodgers and some of the other stuff bubbling up around it? I think that and all Joe played, Rogan just became a, a, a a way for him to make a protest. Right. Right. And, and it really wasn't like, I don't think listening to Neil Young's statements on this, people took it as an ultimatum and that ultimatum that said, okay, so Spotify decided to, to go with the money and Joe Rogan and not with Neil Young. That's really not, Neil Young really wasn't expecting them to take down the Joe Rogan podcast. No, no, he's done this before. This is not the first time that, that Neil Young has asked Spotify to take his stuff off. Um, so he did it for another reason. I get him as a very uh, progressive musician, even in his advanced, mm-hmm. uh, you know, career, shall we say? Yeah. You know, he uses Spotify, but you can get all of Neil Young's music, his entire library from his website for free. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He, I he, know Sirius, or is it Sirius that just launched uh, 
a Neil Young state radio station. Mm. So there, there are people, there are people, people capitalizing um, <laughs> and it may be Neil Young, <laughs> but also CSN and wise down now. Right. So Joni Mitchell's down. There, there's a couple other people that are down. <laughs> I, I, the, 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 the meme going around social media with, you know, Kid Rock asking to have his eight eight track mu- yeah. his music collection yeah. pulled out of his the eight track bin at Walmart or whatever is hilarious. Yeah, and the other one that I think is really funny is the one that says uh, Yoko Ono is threatening to put her music on ah. Spotify if they if they don't cancel Joe Rogan's show. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't I don't think it was really so much as an ultimatum as Neil Young and these others now making a statement to. To Spotify to sort of clean up their act, maybe making a statement to the listeners direct. You know what's Spotify's role? I mean, first of all, to be honest with you, I would have never thought to go to Spotify for a podcast. I would go to other venues. Oh, really? It, Spotify. Now, would now be- in full disclosure, Potoms Up is on Spotify. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> and and I don't plan. I would never go to Spotify for for. First of all, I don't pay for Spotify. And, and am I a hypocrite in any sense of the word to support Neil Young's position, but not take down my own podcast? Um, you might want to think about that. I, I thought about it a lot. I thought, of, and and here's kind of the way that I, I sort of I usually frame these things. Right? Is I completely support you know what what Neil Young is doing, right? And and he's bringing attention to something, and he's using his soapbox to make that attention. You know, and he's turning, turning down revenue. Yeah, but see, his music's free. I mean, yes, he probably does get paid from Spotify, but I, I, it's it's certainly not about the you know. Um, yeah, but he's turning down revenue. Now, now, Spotify might be turning down revenue, too. In fact, there was an interesting article that came out not too long ago, like right before this sort of happened, that talked about how 70% of the music listened to on Spotify is old music, old classic rock and old classic pop. And so oh, yeah. so so losing someone like Neil Young is like important. Like it, Spotify is not really doing a good job of promoting bands lesser bands, you know what I mean? So so it's not like when Neil Young and Crosby Stills and Nash and whoever else goes away, it's it's not like um you know that's a blip to them necessarily. Uh, in terms of who their audience is now, you know. Interesting. I kind of look at these things is, you know, they are business decisions. Neil Young's is a personal and business decision because his business is his personal, you, you know? Yeah. And, and so, he's so uses I'm cool that music he's, to advance his, his political for sure and bleat. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Probably, probably a lot more vocally than a lot of other musicians many, out many there. More, right. Yeah. You, you know? know, and, and so I, I don't really, so, you know, I, I kind of see like, I'm certainly much more libertarian on the business side, you know, so if Spotify chooses not to have Neil Young and chooses to keep Joe Rogan, that's their prerogative too. Well, they have a contract. But I'm just saying that's their prerogative. Like I'm not, I don't want to interfere you know, in, they can in, in that keep necessarily. Joe Rogan, though, and, and you could, you've spoken to it and you probably will speak to it. They can keep Joe Rogan. They can keep Joe Rogan's podcasts. They just maybe don't need to keep Joe Rogan's podcasts about information that is potentially harmful to the population of this country. That, that's exactly where I was going to go with this. And here's kind of the, the way I, I, I kind of wanted to, to view this whole thing is, you know, Twitter and Facebook have already gone through and but to continue to go through the pains of are they responsible for the content that is put up by their users? 
they offer a platform and you know that platform is more or less an open platform and that's that's their business model right and it's proven to be a very successful business model at what point are they responsible for that content that goes up now section 230 of the FCC pretty much exonerates them from any criminal liability of content that goes up. So if there's, you know, human trafficking Facebook pages out there, Facebook cannot be held criminally responsible for it. Yeah. However, there's a, a court of public opinion that, of course. I mean, it, are, are we talking about, we're, we're talking at a period just after it was announced that Zuckerberg lost $31 billion in I mean, net worth. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, investment you know, net worth. It's it, really, he didn't lose it, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, is there something going on where you're not attracting when case in the case of Facebook, you're not attracting the, the kids? All, all you're getting is angry white guy. Um, and, well, I thought, and, they, and, I thought and, they were going over somewhere else. And us Wordlers. And Wordler, Wordler's help, Wordle is helping out a lot. But it, yeah, so I, I think that this has now come to Spotify, right? Did they have to police now what is on their platforms the way that society is kind of put the pressure on Facebook and Twitter to do so? Even though, like, it's only it's only social pressure that does that. They are not compelled at all to do anything on their sites. Right. To, to do anything right. at all about the content of their sites. Well, you know, my my work, um, which some people know, others don't need to. My work. That would sounds say, very mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> my my work would be, and I totally agree that you protect your brand mm -hmm. and it, whether it's a, a dent or a smudge, they are denting or smudging, depending on how you, how you feel about it, their brand image. The more they let it happen, the the more it's going. Right. And it's going to snowball. And, and we can talk about that too. And I'm sure we will, that this is not a singular Joe Rogan topic. There's a dual topic. Right. That, no, it's the larger out. topic of, so, you know, you know, what about other podcasts, right? Like, so, I, so I'm seeing some things on, on social media right now that if, if you put the N-word in Spotify search, you'll see lots of search results. And what will you get? What's your, what's your search results? Uh, I, I haven't done it, right? But, but, but whether it's music or other podcasts, you can even put it in search podcast, and there are plenty of results that come up with that. I think we kind of alluded to and didn't get around to it. They've just recently taken down uh, 70 of Joe Rogan's podcasts, previous podcasts, by and large because of the, the use of the N-word. One of the people that have, uh, Aria, I think her name is, she she's another person that has taken her music off of... Are you talking about Aria Grande? No. Aria. I think her name is Aria. Irie? I, I don't know. We can look it up. But anyway... <laughs> So she's taking her music off as well. And then she put together, what do they call it? Like the, like the, the montage, a, a collection. Like she did like a video. Oh, okay. There's a word for that now. Compilation. Yeah, kind of like that. But that's, there's more like a, a more hip recent term for that kind of thing. Uh, of a bunch of cuts. And all it is is Joe Rogan just saying the N-word. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty powerful. That's pretty damaging. So he, I, I read his comments on it today. He was like, Wow, that makes me really look bad. And then, and then he said, he said, if I have to sit here, this was him talking. He says, if I have to sit here and say I'm not a racist, that makes me even look worse and makes me look like a racist. Yes. See, but he, he's aware of that. Like, like not everybody is ever going to say that, right? Yeah. And you know, he, he doesn't even argue that 
those cuts were taken out of or, or without any context whatsoever. He just uses that word on how many times. In total, they took down 70 podcast episodes for racial insensitivities or other things. I, I forget how Spotify worded, but race was a, was a, a key part yeah. of that, right? And, you know, he does have on, I guess you could say, controversial guests. I mean, I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm well aware of his podcast. I've seen the one between him and Dan Aykroyd. I've seen a lot of clips between him and Elon Musk, which I really kind of find boring. I mean, it's a very famous interview. I, I just, the parts that I see, and I think Elon Musk is sort of an idiot, actually. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of of his interview style, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe this one will get shut down for saying that. Um, <laughs> but Depends on who owns Spotify. Um, but what you were saying about tarnishing your brand, that's exactly right, because it's hard-pressed to find decisions made by private businesses that are something about something about something other than profit. Yeah. I mean, that's more or less what private business is in business no, to do. Main mission, mission number one. I, I mean, there are some things that they do that you might be able to, to mm-hmm. say had absolutely nothing to do with it. I mean, even the fact when a, when, a, when a business gives money to charity, they feel that enhances their brand, which then enhances the value of their company. That's true. Right. Yeah. So Tom's, Bombas, Patagonia. Right. All of those things. So it still kind of, in many ways, comes down to decisions are made, and they're not always good. So you, you, there might be, you can say, well, they made this decision, and it cost them, you know, millions. That doesn't mean it was a bad decision. It doesn't mean right. that they were making it for some other esoteric reason. You know, like I said, it would be really hard pressed to come up with examples of businesses doing something solely. For the fact that they felt like it was the right thing to do. Most of the time, doing the right thing is going to enhance your brand. And so you're doing it for the, you know. Um, and Spotify is probably making those calculations right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I would expect that they're going to scrub his episodes. And, you know, seeing how they've paid for an exclusive. Is that how is that how, how we hear his contract working? Um, Versus, I, like, I don't, they don't, I don't pay, to, just for the record, they don't pay you. No, when I when I, when I when I learned they were paying him, I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I figured his ad. I don't know if you could say that. It's going to damage your brand. I, I oh, I don't think we swear enough. Oh, I, <laughs> I knew that he got paid by advertisers, but when I read that Spotify pays him, I was like, "Really? They 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 pay people?" Yeah. I mean, why, why not? Just, I mean, it still comes from advertisers. That's where they get their money. But yeah, you, you know, I, 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 it would be nice to have some of that guaranteed money and not have to rely on advertisers. And they have a, I mean, that's a really interesting think, point that I just learned. Is Spotify? Uh, Spotify is a, a premium service. You pay for that. Uh huh. So it's a little bit different than Facebook. I can line up on Facebook and or TikTok and and watch stuff, and I'm paying. Because I've agreed to the terms of service, and they are geocaching, demographic monitoring. Yeah. They know everything about me. And selling it and using and, that and to using advertise. that metadata, yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right use of the word. Good enough. Um, but Spotify is a I'm largely pay service. I don't know what the percentage is. Because there's a free version where you listen to ads. Yeah. And then there's a paid version where you listen to less ads. Yeah, uh, I, I is is the paid the premium? Is that the same thing? I would think, yeah. Yeah, so it, it yeah. is free. It is free. You, I, I believe there is free Spotify. So, I mean, I, I have a premium membership because it, it's only the premium that works really well with your Google Home. With your Google Home, you know. So with our Google Home, I can say, "Hey, Google, play Neil Young." 
Oh. And it won't do that without the premium membership. Oh, interesting. You can't just say, hey, Alexa, do you play play Neil Young from Spotify? No. No, because because you have to have the premium for it to then like pick your music. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I can play play I can say play Spotify. Oh, okay. And maybe I could have done artist, but I I know I couldn't do song or album or anything like that. But I don't think I could even do artist. Well, maybe you just picked the wrong premium. spy. <laughs> Should just use Siri or Alexa. <laughs> so you had mentioned uh, something about the difference is if it's misinformation about something that can hurt you, right? And or or hurt the general population. or or hurt the general public. And yes. that to me is also really sort of another one of those big points in this discussion because COVID seems to be the whole COVID world, right? Everything about COVID seems to be an exception to a lot of what society deems as acceptable. And so what I mean by that, you're, you're, you're looking at me like, I'm waiting for you to expand. Yeah. Is if I'm putting misinformation out there that doesn't hurt anybody, nobody cares. Right. So, so in other words, Let's say let's say you're the decision maker at Spotify to um, on what's going to be allowed on your platform and what's not going to be allowed on your platform, right? You could get very specific or very generalized with your policies, right? And I've also argued with people that Spotify doesn't even have to hold to their own policies. Facebook and Twitter don't have to hold to their own policies, and they can apply them unfairly. Like that's part of it, right? And if you right. don't like it, go home, right? Right, but, right. But, you know, and, and and nor do I want government to interfere on that, really. Right. But, but what I'm saying is you could say on Spotify, we're not going to allow any misinformation. Or you could say we're not going to allow any misinformation on things that could potentially harm people. Or we're not going to allow any misinformation on things that are known to have harmed people. Or maybe you go a step further. We're not going to allow any misinformation just on pandemics. <laughs> or maybe, Yeah, that's where I would get to. You, you know, or we're not going to allow misinformation on the COVID pandemic. And this way you leave yourself open for the next pandemic so you don't have to rewrite your policy. Like on what scale, because the COVID thing always seems to be different. And, you know, when it comes to making sort of public policy about things, right? It, it's like, okay, because it's about COVID, that's where it's not tolerable. And maybe it's about anything that would harm someone, you know? Yeah, I think that um, it, it should just be about COVID, obviously, um, I think misinformation. So let's and, let's say let's say I I create another as a podcast. Yeah, well, let's say I create another podcast, right? And I call it Deadly Fruits and Vegetables. And oh and my, my first episode, I say I have from a very good source that the crop of 2022 carrots are going to be extremely deadly, and nobody should eat. Spotify got a, got got reason to shut me down. Do they have reason to shut you down? No, because it's not going to harm anybody. And, and so, no, no, it could harm someone. I don't, I don't know if it could or it couldn't. I mean, I'm, I'm telling people I mean, not to eat carrots. I'm not saying eat carrots. Eat carrots. I'm not, I'm not, true, I'm not telling true. people to to drink mercury. You know, true, true, right? true. Don't be yeah. taking invermectin or whatever. <laughs> what? But my 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 point is, I'm. I'm basically giving an example of giving misinformation. I'm providing misinformation, mm -hmm. right? But yet, is that does it rise to the level of it's not tolerable to have that misinformation out there in the marketplace? So therefore, Facebook isn't going to allow it, and Spotify is not going to allow it, and we've left YouTube out of this discussion too. And YouTube has 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 gone through a lot of painful 
you know, yeah. internal searching to figure out what's well, allowed on their site and what's not. I guess I would imagine that the Root Vegetable Association would come after <laughs> Spotify <laughs> and say, hey, we're not going to advertise or support your preferred candidates if you keep this Yahoo on his program. But, you know. Yeah. But it is an interesting conversation to have because Joe Rogan certainly isn't the first one that's provided misinformation um from what i read and i think what the spotify ceo said was something to the effect of that they've taken down a number of podcasters or podcast episodes due to covid misinformation so you know again they don't have to apply their rules fairly no and and they need to protect their brand and and the label hypocrite doesn't bother anyone anymore no What, what really you kind of get into is this whole idea of, I, I'm going to say policing speech, but not but not by the government, right? It, because he rationalizes what Rogan has said. This was the, the Spotify CEO in, in response to Neil Young and basically saying that he supports people getting vaccinated. Joe Rogan talks about how he's glad that his parents were vaccinated. That's true. Um, he just thinks that, that young people don't need to get vaccinated. Don't need to get vaccinated. And I and I, I got that when the vaccines were in short supply. Mm-hmm. And he might have said that or started saying that back at that point. Um, I, got, I got that. I got the step down part of the vaccine uh, conversation. Um, I'm not, I'm not certain that the, court of public opinion isn't going to take care of this problem, um, especially with the additional revelations and the additional magnifying glass on Joe Rogan's podcasts of what they can actually contain. Um, it's not a good thing to have Dwayne The Rock Johnson not on your side anymore. Um, did Dwayne turn out? Yes. Oh, oh he was supportive at first. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Until Dwayne started to feel the backlash. Yes. It's hilarious. It's so, so, it's you know, so effed up. Our uh, next black president of the United I'm, I'm, States I mean, is not going to put up with that. You, you know, I uh, what when when I first saw <laughs> The Rock talking about Rogan and supporting his comment, all right, I, he, he was supporting basically, in my opinion, a, a nonsensical platitude that Rogan had put out within his statement. Mm-hmm. I could look it up, but it was something along his first statement to come out was it was something about how he said they're in search of better points of view, something along those lines, like something about better points of view. And, I, and I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Right. Like you can, you can, everyone has a point of view, but what does it mean? Like you're in search of better points of view. So, in other words, you're trying to educate yourself. I, I, I suppose maybe that's as good an explanation as anything, but, um, you, you know, you could be in search of information. Mm-hmm. You're not really in search of better points of view. Yeah. You know, it just, it just doesn't ring to me. And, and so when he comes out and says that, then the rock, like, well, who wouldn't want to be in search of better points of view? So he supports, like I said, this, this in my opinion, nonsensical platitude. Right, right. Um, and I was kind of curious as to whether or not he was going to, you know, catch some. Yeah, he got crap called for out. It. Yeah, yeah, he got called out. <laughs> uh, and that's because people don't. There, there, there is a certain segment, celebrity or not, that actually doesn't listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. And well, so when you make a comment based on a statement and mm-hmm. in a comment and support, and you don't know the full person you're talking with, then, you know, you might be 
you know, aligning yourself with someone that maybe has more than one problem. Where, where I do cut Rogan some slack in this is his job is to talk. And, you, you know, I, I'm... I'm in 98 episodes now. I'm sure there are things that I have said that I would rather not have said or where they don't come across, you know, to the listener as the way that I had intended them. Or you've evolved. That too, that too. And so when your job is basically solely to talk and talk to people and to talk about difficult topics off, right, you're going to say things that you, you would regret or would not say later on or whatever, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit more than a 300 pound guy at the end of the bed doing a podcast. I think he's doing it. He should be probably uh, a little bit more professional about his, his approach. He's not, he's not forced to take on tough topics. He chooses to. Well, for sure. And you know, he, part of his statement about the, the compilation that came out, mm-hmm. he, he said that he's, he's going to do, I'm, I'm paraphrasing some some soul searching about the format of his show. How did that happen? Now, most of them were pretty old, kind of like more or less when he was starting out mm-hmm. versus today. You know, so he probably has already evolved. But there's no question. I got. I mean, this has really hurt him. His brain. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's got his, his core set of listeners that are tuning in every time he puts one out. I don't know if he puts one out once a week, once a month. I have no idea. You know, he's going to have that core listener if if they feel. Like he's being handcuffed on, by by himself, right? Like if he's holding back, right? He stands to lose them. He probably stands to lose a lot of people that are like sort of interested. Like I'll, I'll give you an example. Well, this is the sim- this is very similar to to the shock jock kind of thing. I predict you're probably going to see Joe Rogan go towards a more strong stance on things and and really kind of examine where his demographic is who his listeners are, who his people are of sorts, and speak to them. I don't see that with him. I, 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 I think he is a bit more genuine than that. But right now, for to a lot of people, he has the image of just being an asshole. That's the that there, there's a that's and and that and that wasn't the case right. in 2018 right. or 2019 when so he was getting noticed. When you have that image or supposed image, alleged image. The, it seems like it would be easy. Maybe, maybe he'll take the tough route. I would applaud that. But it seems like the easiest thing for him to do to continue to monetize his speech um, and topics and, and show uh, and larger brand is to to keep on rolling down that road. Okay, so where I, earlier I had mentioned that given the, this, the set of facts around the Joe Rogan scandal, lack of a better word. Rogan Gate. Uh, the right is trying to co-opt him. Yet he's saying, I'm not one of you, okay? Right. Right. But I can go on to Breitbart right now and I can see lots of posts all yeah. supporting Joe Rogan. Right. Kind of like Tucker Carlson in Russia. So are you saying that as the left abandons him, there's a chance that he might just start then playing to that audience more and more? I mean... And, and, and whether he it- believes his shit or not... He's like, I've got a base now, and I'm going to feed that base because they're going to feed me. Is he a business or is he a person? You know, well, you, you can be, you can be both. But I guess this could be one of if he stands to improve his brand by chasing down that demographic that 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 likes that stance of anti-vax or whatever, right? That kind of goes back to what we were saying before. It's difficult to find examples where people don't do that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I and and I and I wonder because like I said, I, I do. I actually think he's a fairly genuine person. I think 
that first statement that he came out with was gobbledygook and he was scrambling. But what I did like his his, his statement about when, Pod, when when Spotify took off those 70 episodes, I, th- I thought that was a more um, uh, genuine response, you know? Um, so yeah, he could. It would be... It would be very interesting, you know. I mean, okay, he's been on for twelve years. If I were him, I would have a team scrub those podcasts and delete what they needed to. And if they get to it proactively, this is not a topic. Yeah, well, like like the the, the one was he took a lot of flack for having two guests on. One of them is a famous doctor who making a name for himself, Malone, being anti-vax and oh, you, know, right. you know contra COVID stuff, right? And he had him on as a guest, that, and he took a lot. And I, I think. It might have been that guest that actually put Neil Young over the edge. I think I might have might have That's seen possible. those That's, two. That might be the straw. The, the, those two stories in yeah. in the same in the same article or something. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because if he does that, if if Rogan decides, okay, the woke left cancel culture mob is trying to shut me down, so I'm going to abandon them. <laughs> The, the the crazy right wing of this country, they're they're so easily duped. You know, they will just ignore everything that he has said about them in the past and welcome Correct. him with open Correct. arms and think now he's finally come around to seeing it their way, yeah. even though yeah. all he's doing is taking your money. Right. <laughs> like, you know, and they're going to buy whatever kind of razor blades he's selling on his podcast. I mean, yeah, it's just ridiculous. But that's what would happen, right? And Yeah, I don't know for a fact that, you know, the left woke public is listening to him now i i think it's that more in the the indistinguishable independent that, i I, that I have such a hard time with these labels lefty the I mean, left the left they, ones are yeah they're so hard you know because he 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 did have a fairly large following from the left to to a certain extent i mean he you know <laughs> He he gets very close, or you know, steps over the line misogynistically. Libertarian sometimes is um, is is just passive aggressive way to say right wing in in some situations on some topics. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think mean, there's a significant part of the population that's exactly like you. They prefer to not be labeled. But the uh, fact is, is they do get labeled. No, they they do get labeled. Like I don't know where Joe Rogan stands. Labels don't you don't you don't define your label or mm-hmm. define through it's other unavoidable. Sources. And sometimes labels just help in making a, a quick instead of yeah. getting into the nuance. Just you know, they're left, they're right, they're yeah. conservative. Yeah. You know, but like I don't know where Joe Rogan stands on uh, you know healthcare, you yeah. know, gun control. Yeah. Yeah. He's know? not running for office. Not not looked into his his. Uh... I mean, he's he has enough out there, so I'm I'm sure you can find his I views mean, on these things. I think he has a bigger platform than than you know any Republican. <laughs> pol- no, any Republican politician. Yeah. You know, the RNC has no platform. Oh, oh, yeah. At least yeah. Joe Rogan has a platform. Um, yeah, no, I would I, I, I would imagine it's probably not too hard to find. And then, like I said, even going back, there, there were some fairly lengthy articles written about his him, his brand, which is also his ideology, because that's what his brand, you know, mm-hmm. is. I mean, there, his interview style is also... Um, uh, something that people uh, have commented on, like usually in a favorable way, that he gets a lot of people to open up. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you, you have you ever listened to an episode? Not a one. Um, they're, they're also known for their length. Oh, like an hour long. Oh, m- m- the Dan Aykroyd one was like three hours. Two, oh, two. Wow. I mean, they, they they can be very. The the Elon Musk one was four. Wow. So yeah, when he sits down Elon and chats Musk with for people, four hours. Yeah, most of it's just nonsense. You know, the whole highlight is when he gets high. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that was what made. And in fact, that helped Joe Rogan's brand tremendously. Yeah. 
in terms of getting him into more mainstream audiences when it was discovered that him and Elon Musk share a doobie uh-huh. uh, on the podcast. You know, people just were like, oh, this is so crazy. Who is this guy? You know, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to tie this in to something else that's happening in, in the news, which is not really getting a whole lot of play, but it, it does kind of still fall within the same sort of context. To me, this, the, the larger discussion around Joe Rogan or what happens on Facebook and Twitter and on, I was trying to think of that. Uh, Alex Jones, right? Uh, and, Alex Jones. Is he and, on and the, anything? Uh, no, I don't think so. But, but the larger discussion on uh, on those guys is, you know, do they, should they have a platform, right? And the social media platforms are basically saying, you know, we don't want your content on probably because it's just bad for their brand, but they're not beholden to anything. Newspapers, on the other hand, because they are publishers of their content, they are beholden and they can be held accountable. They don't have a section 230 like the social media does. And so when the newspaper puts something out there, they have to stand by it. And there's this case in the courts right now, it's actually in trial, about Sarah Palin suing the Washington, the New York Times for libel for an article that um, that they wrote uh, shortly after the Gabby Gifford uh, shooting. So a politician suing for libel. Yes. To a news publication. A news publication. So here's a situation where they are being, you know, held civilly responsible, right? But in in an official government. She says she lost significant income. Well, she's got to show harm, you know. Yeah. You know, that, yes. that, that she has to show harm in, in some way. She um, can't see Russia from her house. Um, maybe she had to downsize. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this, this case is really fascinating because it has gotten to the jury trial phase. And most of these high-profile libel cases of, you know, I'll sue you or whatever, never make it there. I mean, you know, Trump would always claim he was going to sue people for libel, right? Um, and one of his platforms that he ran on was we got to open up the libel laws, if you ever remember him saying yeah, such nonsense. Yes. We got to open up the libel laws, right? Because people would call him out on true shit and he would get pissed, right? Yeah, yeah. He only wants to open up the libel laws to protect him. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's, it's sue people. He's, all he does is sue people. Yeah, it's incredible how many lawsuits he does. Yeah, but but anyway, so Sarah Palin, so this writer, God, I'd have to look it up for the New York Times writes an editorial, and and as I was reading about the case, it's really pretty amazing how the sausage is made on an editorial in the in the New York Times. And basically, what they do is they um, they connect the shooting of Gavin Gifford to a, I believe it was a meme or it was an image that was put out by her pack that showed crosshairs over certain districts. And the Gabby Gifford district was one of them. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember the crosshairs. Right. And and so they make this connection in this one paragraph mm-hmm. that basically says, this comes right after Sarah Palin, Political Action Committee, releases a map with crosshairs over and and where they, they where they mess up on the wording was it was like over districts that are up for re-election and their democrats and the pictures of the democrats were not in the picture of the map but they're kind of saying they make they almost make it when you read it it kind of makes it seem like are there people in the pictures or just districts mm. You know, and what it, what, it's, what 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 I think what they were trying to say was there are democrats within those districts that are up you know, there, there's people in the right, right. And, and, and it's just kind of watered poorly. I think if they don't ever put in there the part about the Democrats, I think, um, it, you know, there, there's probably no lawsuit. But then what happens is 
they quickly write a retraction. A couple corrections or something like that. And then they do another one. They do a correction and then they do a retraction and then they do like an apology. But she still presses them for libel. Because I think what she is saying is even though they did the retraction and even if it was an honest mistake, it was an honest mistake with malice. They still were trying to damage her. Mm. Or were they? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it, it, it was poorly worded. It wasn't completely factually true because Gabby Gifford was not in the picture or anyone else, right? Right. But yet they did it because they were trying to damage her. So therefore they can be held liable. But they were using it as an example of the lethal politics language that's out there, right? So they weren't actually right saying that it, this is all about Sarah Palin. It was a broader issue. They, it, it was it was right about that same time that uh, the Scalise shooting happened. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah, the the, 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 the baseball the baseball shooting yeah. happened. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it, it just bringing the violence to the forefront of the politics, and um, you know, as as somebody that believes in free speech in both her and her organization's decision to put a, a bullseye or a target uh, on a board, and also this editorials comments of a public figure i mean this should not be in a jury trial the 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 judge that has let this get to this point you know has made pretty grave i don't i don't i don't know i'd be interested i I mean like i like i i i haven't i've read maybe like two articles about this case nobody has gone after the judge people are surprised that it's gotten to a jury trial but but no one has said you know definitively that it's wrong for it to go to a jury trial. Because if... Right, if it's civil, I suppose maybe the if, judge doesn't have a, a choice. No, they could have said this is, you know, this, there's not enough here to go to trial for. If they can convince the jury that there was malice in the in the initial article, you know, she possibly could win. Like that, that would, that's kind of the, the key factor in it. Do you think she, that would she also has to prove that she was damaged? You know, you know, I'm wondering if like something like that would happen, you know, where, where they find, find for the the plaintiff, but then, you know, there's not enough damage to, to award anything uh, significantly monetarily. I I think if I were a betting man and I am, I would probably bet against her in this one. I think that we'll probably find that public figure in an editorial free speech will win out over some now private citizen. I don't know if she's a private citizen or not. I mean, there's sure. there's been, a, you know, a number of cases that have come up that have been tossed out. There was the one against Janine Pirro, the guy, one of the founders of BLM, where, where she connected him to saying that he started the riots oh. uh, in St. Louis. Another topic. Yeah, but but anyway, so, so she connected him to starting the riots and he sued her saying, you know, he didn't start any riots. And basically, it was thrown out, saying that he's a public figure. She's making an editorial. There's, yeah. there's been no harm to you on this, and you know it's difficult to prove the mouse and all of those things. And they got thrown out. You know, there's been another one. I think someone tried to sue Tucker Carlson, and his lawyers got that thrown out, basically saying he's an entertainer and he can say all kinds of shit and it doesn't matter. Mm, yeah. You know, they actually, they actually argued that people shouldn't believe him. They, they, that, that, they, 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 so they, much on my reader, I don't have the authority to talk about they, But that was their argument. Their argument that the lawyers for Fox News and Tucker Carlson said was, he's so outlandish, there's no reason that anybody should believe him. And yet, millions of people tune in every night and believe every single word he says. <laughs> yeah, go figure. But anyway, I think it's really Speechless. interesting. And when that jury uh, 
uh, del you know, um, deliberation ends and, you know, comes down and uh, the verdict comes down, it'd be, it, it'd be pretty fascinating. Um, we'll see if it gets to the end. I, I don't know. So often it's time, it's, it's easy to say these things will affect, you know, journalism from here on in. I, I don't always believe that. I think sometimes the slippery slope arguments or the precedent arguments can be a little overblown. And oftentimes things still just kind of stand on their own. You know, the, the, the fact that it's gotten to where it is already are, are the Washington Post and the New York Times and other people any more careful now than they were prior to that article? Probably not. Like they're, they're, they're still trying to be careful about what they write. Yeah, I think they probably still have editorial principles and those are vetted to the best of their ability at that point in time. Well, you, you, ought, to, you ought to read a little bit about the first day of the trial because they, the, the Washington Times, the New York Times, kind of talks about how the editorial came to be. And it's got one guy's name on it. But there were several people that put their hands on it and were helping to write it. And then there was this discussion with within. There's an email chain with the people involved in, in writing this talking about what angle are they going to take. And, you know, not everyone was on board with taking the angle of let's kind of make this the larger narrative about how polarized mm -hmm. that, you know, we've become. And that has something to do with the baseball shooting and this, you know, right. kind, of, kind of that really broad view. And the guy who eventually put his name on it, that's kind of the angle that he wanted to take. The original editorial, I think, was much more narrowly focused than that. Um, and, Interesting. Yeah, but, you know, I, it, it, when you read the, not the transcripts, because they weren't the official transcripts, but when I, when I read the quotes and the analysis of the two opening statements, it, it was really pretty fascinating because the New York Times seemed to be completely transparent about how this happened. Like they're, you know, they're they're not arguing that it isn't what it seems. Right, right. right. You know, they're they're saying the corrections that, are there. Th this is this is what happened, and this is the, yeah. And we can't be held liable when we've done all these other things. Anyway, I think it's yeah. Where what other remedy would there have been? It, unless you just you don't you don't do it. That's what Sarah Palin would say if she was sitting here. You you you, you, you don't you so you, you don't attach the, you don't attach me to that shooting. You chill the speech. You know, I mean, it go it, it goes back to the whole point of this podcast. Where's the responsibility lie? Right. Right, um, and with that, I guess uh, yeah, just wrap it up. We we didn't uh, we didn't solve the world's problems today. <laughs> I think we did. Oh, we came close. I, 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 like I said, I've been listening to old podcasts, and I feel like, oh my god, we solved so many things. You oh, know? Yeah, three or four years, you'll be listening to it again. Uh, it's it does take a while to get through. So you, it took me a whole you, summer to get through thirty nine Bob Dylan albums. So you're pumping up your your stats by listening to podcasts. Uh, that never occurred to me. You think I'm just doing this? Trying to, to get up to the top of the chart. Do you think I'm You're doing this just to help Joe, my brand? Trying to get there to Joe Rogan numbers. <laughs> hey, those listeners got to go somewhere. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bottoms um, up. All right, Lefty. Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, uh, you You're know, welcome. Uh, we'll we'll do it again soon. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Out. Out. Politics. Some culture and craft beer. Politics. And that is why you're here Politics I don't